0: Bambi by Felix Sotin Chapter 19 Bambi looked for the elder. He'd walk around all through the nights, wondered about at the time the sun rose, and when the morning sun was red, all along uncharted ways about Feline, there were times when he felt an urge to go to her. Sometimes he was still as happy to be with her as he had been before. He found it beautiful to walk about with her, to hear her chatting, to have a meal with her at the edge of the thicket. But now the, these were things that did not satisfy him as much as they had done. Before, it was rare for him to think of the older when he was with Aline. Even then it was only fleetingly. Now he was out searching for the older, he felt an explicable yearning to see him, and remembered about Folleen only once. He could always find her wherever he wanted her. He felt little urge to go be together with the others, Oh, Gobo, or Ardener. He avoided them without, whenever he could. That was unable he would have stopped thinking about the phrase that Elder used about Gobo. He had been remarkably struck by it for the first day. He had come back. Gobo's reappearance had seriously disturbed him. Bambi did not know why, but when Gobo looked at him, immediately seemed to make him suffer. Bambi was ashamed of Gobo, but did not know why. He was whined over him without no- knowing why. But now, whenever he was, he was with the unconscious, self-conscious, com- complacent, the haughty Gobo, the phrase came to his mind, you poor thing, he could not get out of his head. One dark night in which Bambi had once again assured the owlet just to please him, he had been dreadfully startled by him. It suddenly occurred to Bambi to ask where the elder might be. The owlet replied in his calling voice. He did you not have the slightest idea, but Bambi could see that he did not really want to say. No, he said, I don't believe you. You're so clever, you know about everything that goes on in the forest. I'm sure you know where the elder is hiding. The Owllet old went back into down into his nice soft grey brown ball, turned his big clever eyes a little. He always did when he just felt like it, and I asked, "Well then, do you really have such respect for me? Why is that then?" Baby did not hesitate. Because you're so wise, he said kindly. spite that, because you're so fun and so friendly, and because you can frighten others so well. That's so clever to stall others. So very clever. I wish I could do that. That would be very useful to for me. The owl had sunk in his beak deep into his breast feathers and and said and was and was pleased. Well he said, I know what that the elder likes your company. Do you think so? exclaimed Bambi, as the Owlet spoke. His heart began to beat with joy. Yes, I'm sure of it, answered the Owlet. He likes your company. That's why I think the might dare to tell you where he is now. He put his feathers down against his body, and Sonny looked quite thin again. Do you know that deep gorge where the widows are? Yes, Bambi nodded. Do you know the thicket of the oak tree on the other side? No, Bambi admitted. i there have been on the other side. Now listen carefully, the other whispered. On the other side is a thicket of oak trees. You have to go through there, and you come to an area of bushes, hazel and white poplars. Oath forms and privet, the and all out There, you'll need to find an old beech tree. It's been broken down by the wind. It won't be easy for you to find down there on the ground. Certainly not as easy as it is from up in the air. That's where the elder lives under the trunk of, the, of the, the tree. But I didn't say I told you. Under the trunk, yes. The elder laughed. There's a dip in the ground there. A hollow tree lies under over it. That's where he is. Thank you, said Bambi, with enthusiasm. I don't know whether I'd be able to find him, but thank you a thousand times, carried away. Making the sound, the outlet flew alongside him, close above him. He began to screech. Au-ra, au-ra. Bambi was startled. Did I shock you? Uh, said the Owlette, "Sir," asked. Yes, he stuttered. This time he was telling the truth. The Owlette felt satisfied with himself and cooed. I just wanted to remind you. Do I, don't, don't say I told you. Of course I won't, Bambi assured him, and ran off. He ran off. When he reached the gauze, he elder, it emerged from the darkness of the chamber right in front of him. So suddenly and so suddenly, the Bambi was greatly startled once again. I said, Are there, there any more where you hope to find me? I'm not there any more where you hope to find me. He said, Bambi said, Nothing. What do you want from me? The elder asked. Nothing stuttered. "'Bambi, I oh, have nothing. Do forgive me.' "'I paused,' the elder said gently. "'It wasn't just today that you started looking at for me.' "'He waited. Bambi said nothing.' "'The elder continued. "'You passed quite close to me. Twice yesterday. "'Twice this morning, too. Very close.' "'Why?' Bambi gathered up his courage. "'Why do you say that about Gobo?' "'Do you think I'm mistaken?' "'No,' said Bambi, decla- Bambi declared with a passion. "'No, I think you must be right.' "'The elder nodded very slightly. "'His eyes looked at Bambi.' with more benevolence than ever before. And he said to these eyes, But why? I can't understand it. It's enough that you think so. You'll understand it later. Farewell. Chapter 20 It was not long before everyone noticed that Gobo had an odd and puzzling habit. He slept at night, when all the others were awake and moving about, but by day when all the others sought out a place to hide and seek, Sleep. He would so cheerfully walk off somewhere when he felt he he when he felt like it. It it he would go without hesitation out the thick woods and stand in full moonlight in the middle of the meadow with no worry at all. Bambi was no longer able to keep quiet about this. Do you not think the danger? He asked. Go those no said Go Simple answer. There's no danger for me. Bambi's love. My Govo mother put in. You're forgetting that he is a friend of his. Govo can afford to allow himself more than you can or anyone else. And she was very proud of this. Bambi said no more. One day, Kovo commented to him. Do you know, sometimes it strikes me odd. I can eat here like this, whenever I want to, and whenever I want to. Bambi did not understand. That's odd about... What's so odd about that? That's what we all do. Gobo thought about this and said, "Yes, well, that's you, bit. For me, it's a bit different. i got used to having my food brought to me, and they'll call me when it's ready." Bambi looked at Gobo with pity, looked at Aunt Edna and Ferene and Marlena, but he just smiled and admired Gobo. "I think," Ferline said, "Began. I think you find it hard to get used to the winter, Gobo. For us outside, the winter's..." There is no hay at all, no turnips, no potatoes. That's true, answered Gobo thoughtfully. But if it if it goes gets too hard for me, I'll just go back to him. Why should I go hungry? I really don't need to. Oh well Bambi turned around and walked away. Walked away. Go all nails alone, Melina. He began to talk about Bambi. He doesn't understand me, he said. Bambi's good, but he thinks I am still just stupid little Gobo. Like I used to be. He can't he still can't understand that I They've been changed in something special. A danger, why right, he's always all about the danger. I'm sure he means the best for me. But danger is something for him. And then for those like him, not for me. Marine agreed with him. She loved him. Galba loved her. The two of them were very happy. You see, he said to her, no one understands me as well as you do. Anyway, Girl complained, everyone respects and honours me. But it's you who understands me best. The others... I told him so many times how good he is, but they don't won't listen to me. I oh, surely don't think I'm lying. They keep on thinking he must be terrible. I always believed in him, said with them. Really, Gabo? replied Lee. Don't you remember, Molina went on, that day when you started lying in the snow. I said that one day you come to us here in the woods and play with us. No, retorted Gobo, speaking very slowly. I can't remember that at all. A couple of weeks went by, and one morning, just as the sun was rising, Bambi and Felene, Gobo and Mellini, they were all together in the old thicket of hazel bushes. They saw as home. Bambi and Feline just came back home from their wanderings. They had gone past the oak and wanted to seek out their place to rest. They came across Gobo and Mellini. Gobo was just about to go out into the meadow. ''Stay with us,'' said Bambi. ''It soon be broad daylight. No one goes out in the open at this time.'' Ridiculous, Gobo mocked. ''If no, if no one goes, I'll go.'' He strode away. Melina followed him. ''Bambi and Feline stayed where they were.'' ''Come on,'' said Bambi, angrily to Feline. ''Come on, You can just do what he wants?'' ''He wanted to go on.'' Then outside from the other side of the meadow came to screech the jay loud of foreboding. Bambi turned suddenly round and ran after Gobo. He caught up with him and Melina, just for they had reached the oak tree. You hear that? He uh, called to him. Hear what? asked Gobo in puzzlement. Pos- the jay, the other side of the meadow, screeched again. Can you really not hear it? Bambi repeated. No, said Gobo calmly. That means danger, Bambi insisted. Now, a magpie appeared cluttering as he went. Immediately after that, after there was another one, then, just as promptly a third. At the same time, the jay screeched once again. The crows gave signals from high in the air. Valine began to implore them, too. Don't go out there, Goggle. It's dangerous. Emilene now began to urge him. Stay here for my sake. Stay here today. It's dangerous. Goggle stood there and grinned in embarrassment. Danger? Danger? Why should he be bothered about that? The danger of the moment gave Bambi an idea. At least let Melina go out there first, and we'll know Even though I had not finished speaking before Melina had already slipped out there. All three stood there and looked at her. Bambi and fleen went, held their breath, but was overly patient. If he wanted to let the others have their foolish way, he watched Melina walk step by step into the meadow, had slowly her head raised high, her legs hesitant. She looked around and smelt the air on every side. She suddenly turned around as quick as lightning. usually high, high leap, as if blown in by a storm. She was back in the thicket. He's there, she whispered in a voice that was choking in a horror. Her body was shaking. I saw him. He's there, she stammered up there. Standing there by the welder tree. Let's let's get away from here, Bambi called. Now let's get away. Get away, Fellina implored them. Aina, who by now was barely able to speak? whisper please, please go but i beg of you come away with us i beg of you but go remained remain calm run away then run away as far as you can he said i'm not stopping you am i he's there i'll go over and say hello there's nothing they could have held go back they stayed where they were and watched him as he went out into, into the meadow onto the meadow they stayed behind because his immense confidence a kind of power over them, at the same time held a terror of him, his place. They were unable to move from the spot. Gobo stood out in the open in the meadow, looked around to find the old elder. Where he seemed to have found it. There he seemed to have glanced him. Then the thunder crack sounded. The sound flew Gobo in the air. He suddenly turned around and leaping as fast as he could, flew back into the thicket. He writhed. They were all standing there, unable to move because of their horror, they heard the whistling of his breath. He did not stop, but hurled himself towards, forward in unthinkable leaps. They turned to him, surrounded him, gave themselves up to full flight. But very soon, Kobo collapsed. melina suddenly, immediately stood still, close behind him. Bambi and Valine were a little further away, ready to flee at any time. Go think been torn open. He lay there with his body, bloody inwards, protruding. He made a dull movement of turning and raised in his head. Melina, he said with one effort, Melina, he didn't recognise me. His voice broke off. With the bushes between them and the meadow there came an uproach a r noise, showing no fault. Any need to be careful. Melina lowered her head down to gobo. He's coming, she whispered urgently. Gobo, he's coming. Can you send up. Come with me. Galway once again weirdly, weakly turned his head, raised it, his legs twitched violently, but he continued to lie where he was, with clattering and crackling, a loud rust in the bushes divided, and he entered. Marina could see him from a full, short distance. He, she slowly crept back, disappeared between, behind the undergrowth, and hurried to join Bambi. for What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Lean. She turned around once more. There she saw him. and He bent over on over a full gobo and took hold of him. Then he, she heard gobo's pitiful scream of death. Chapter 21 Bambi was by himself. He went over to the water that flowed quietly between the reeds and the willows on the bank. Ever since he had been keeping to his own company, it had become more and more of, often down here. There were not many paths here. He almost never came across any other deer. That was just what he wanted, for his thoughts had become earnest and his spirits were heavy. He did not know what was happening inside him, and nor did he try to work it out. He really tried to puzzle it out a confused way, with no plan. It seemed to him his whole life had become darker. He went to stand at the riverside. He could he would spend a long time there. He went to a place where the water flowed in a gentle curve where it was possible to see a long way. The cool breathing of the ripples brought to an unfamiliar smell with it, a smell that was refreshing but bitter, a smell that woke a sense of being carefree and trusting. Bambi stood there and watched the ducks as they enjoyed one another's company. They chatted with each other without cease, friendly, serious and clever. There was a crowd of mothers there, each of them surrounded by a crowd of children who received regular instructions and who, who never tired of learning. Sometimes one of the mothers would give out a warning sign. The young ducks would rush out in all directions. Their hesitation had gone out as if Paul the shoulder's hand, or do so in complete silence at one, mom- one moment. Bambi saw how the little ones, who could still not fly, go into the thick reeds carefully, without touching any stalks with which they moved with trade in their locations. Here and there he saw their little small, dark bodies among the rushes, but they slowly hid themselves away. Then he saw nothing more of them, a short call from the mother. They would all swarm around her in an instant. In this instant, her flock had gathered back together. They began, as before, to cruise along thoughtfully. This filled Bambi with admiration. Every time he saw it, it was like a work of art. One time after one, these brief alarms, he asked one of the mothers, What was, what was all that for? Been watching carefully, but it didn't see anything. Well, there was nothing to see that duck would ride. Now one and the one... There was only one of the children who gave the warning signal. He turned away as quick as a flash, steered his way through the bushes bush- to the bank. A Bambi standing stepped up onto it. Bambi asked the little one, What happened then? Now? What happened now then? I don't see anything. Well, there was nothing to see, the young duck answered. Like a wise old man, he shook his feathers carefully, laid the tips of his wings down in the right place, and went back into the water. Bambi continued to think about the ducks. He said. They were more watchful than he was, and their hearing was sharper and their eyesight better. When he said that, his anxiety, that the other times he always f- was, he was always full, slightly relieved, he enjoyed talking with the ducks. They do not talk about things he heard that so often from the others. They talked about the capricious sky, about the wind and the distant fields, where he would enjoy lots of delicious food. Bambi sometimes saw something small rushing past him before the air. Keeping close to the bank, like a kauri coloured lightning flash, sh- 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 sounded the the flasher, gently for fl- 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 himself as he sped far past as f- tiny whizzing dot. He glowed in blue and green, sparkled in red, led himself up, and we've gone. he was amazed. He was entranced. He wished he could see this remarkable stranger close up. So he called to him, "Don't bother with him." The coot said said that to him from the dense rushes. Don't bother with him. You'll never get an answer from him. Why, where are you? Asked Bambi and peered around the weeds. But a laugh to the laughter of came up loud and clear from a quite a different place. Oh, we're here. He's a bad temper bloke, him. Who you are trying to talk to just now? He don't talk with anyone. There's no point in trying to call to him. He's so beautiful, Art, said Bambi. Yeah, but he's no good. The replied, again, with a diff- from a different place. Why do you say that? Bambi inquired. The coat answered, again, with a t- from a totally different place. He can't be bothered about anyone, anyone or anything. Doesn't matter what happens. He never stays hello to anyone. He never replies. If anyone says hello to him. He never makes an alarm call. A danger comes along. He never spoken a word to anyone. The poor Bambi started to say. The cook continued speaking his cheerful chirping voice. Now again came from a very different place, quite a different place. I suppose he thinks he's all, we're all jealous that couple of feathers, his colours he has got, his feathers. I suppose that's why he doesn't want to get anyone to get a closer look at him. You're not letting me get a look at him, you either," she suggested but Bambi um, suggested. Kubin immediately appeared in front of him. Well, there's nothing to look at about me, uh, at me about me, is there? Came his simple reply. There he stood, slender, the water glittering his back, his simple clothing, his elegant figure, ever growing, moving, content. And his moment, he is once more gone. I don't know you. Don't know how you would be wondering for so long about a little, little speck. His voice came from water, again from a different place, he added. He's boring to keep up about a single speck. It's dangerous and all. From another different place, he proclaimed, loud, triumphantly and gaily. You've got to keep moving. If you want to stay safe and get your belly full, you've got to keep moving. Bam was we started by the gentle rustling in the grass. He looked around and there in the bushes he glimpsed gl- something reddish which disappeared in the, rush- to the rushes. At the same time he was king of warm but sharp trembling in his breath. A fox slipped by, by, by. Bambi wanted to call to the duck and stamped on the ground for a warning. There was rustling and the reeds suddenly divided. A water splashed and the duck screamed in confusion. Bambi heard the clatter of her wings, saw the whiteness of her body and a shimmering green- greenness. Now he saw her wings were flapping loudly and whipped when the cheeks of the fox. Then all became quiet. Very soon afterwards the fox came up from the bushes with a duck in his jaws. Her neck hung down loosely. Her wings still moved feebly. The blocks made no attention. He looked sideways at Bambi. His bulging eyes seemed to be jeering. He slipped slowly away into the thick woods. Bambi stood there, motionless. Some of the older ducks clattered up. Clattered up. Onto the bank, they flew around in confusion, caused by the horror what they have seen. A coot standing strew along, warning cries to every side. The tits, bushes, twitted excitedly. The young ducks pushed themselves into the rushes and become orphans, lamented with gentle tones. The kingfish have rushed by along the bank. Please, call the young ducks. Please, did you see my mother? Sure. As the skiing fishers shrieked, and seemed to sparkle as he rushed past. What's that to, what's that to me? Bambi turned around and left. He wandered through a dense wilderness of goldenrods past through a group of tall beech trees and through ancient hazel bushes. Until he reached the edge of the great trench, he wandered around and random in the hope of coming across the elder. Long time since he'd seen him. Not since Gobo met his end. Now he saw me a distance ran towards him. A while they walked beside each other in silence. Then the other one asked, Why do you not do they still talk about him? Bambi had said what he meant, Gobo. And I said I don't know. I was always I was half I'm almost always my myself, he said. I can't think stop thinking about him all, all the time. Ah, said Bambi. Are you by yourself now? Yes, said Bambi expectantly. The elder remained silent. They walked on. Suddenly the elder stopped. Can't you hear it? Bambi listened. No, he heard nothing. Come on, the elder called. Harry rode forward. Bambi followed him. The elder stopped again. Can you still not hear it? Bambi could not only make out a sound. He did not understand. as His wigs were being pulled down. They allowed to snap up again. At the same time, they had dull regular fronts on the ground. Bambi wanted to the fee flee come with me the elder called and ran in the direction of the noise Mammy dared to ask is it not dangerous there it is the elder replied mysteriously it is very dangerous there very, they were soon able to see the twigs were being pulled down from below were being shaken they saw the vigour on which they sprung back they came closer and noticed there was a little path running through the middle the bushes Bambi's friend, the hare, lay on the ground, he himself so back and forth, fidgeted about, lay still, fidgeted more, to more, and each of his movements tore at twigs above him. Bambi became aware of the dark stripe, something like a tendril. It became stiff and dropped down onto the hare, where it was wound itself, wound itself round its neck. By now the hare must be hurt. Must have heard that it was somebody coming. He held himself in the air, fell back to the ground. Wonderfully defeated, he rolled it to ball when the quivered. Keep still, the elder ordered him. And in a gentle and sympathetic voice that struck at his heart, he went over, closer to the hair, and repeated, Stay calm, my friend. It's only me. Don't move along he just keep very still, hair made it lay motionless, flat on the ground. breathing was tense and made a gentle sound. He had the twig from his particular in his mouth, pulled it down, turned around elegantly, held it firmly against the ground under his hard hoof, and he'd wave it with a single blow to his crown. Then he turned to the hair. Keep still, he said. Even if it hurts, his head turned to one side. He lay on the point of his crown against the bear's neck, press it deeply into his fur pludged his ears, ears felt around for something and gave it a yank hair began to wither he had immediately moved back, keep still he ordered I'm trying to save a life he knew, began the new hair lay still but quivering, Baby watched in astonishment, he was specious now the elder pushed one point of his answers firmly to the hair fur trying to get it under, whatever was slung around the hair's neck he nearly on his knees, but twisted his head as a drilling a hole, pressed his crown deeper and deeper, till finally whatever it was gave way, again to loosen. The hair drew breath, and at the same time gave in to his fear. The pain broke loudly out from him. E world! He had just stopped what he was doing. Be, do be quiet, he chided. Be quiet! He might have been very close to Joe's to shoulder. One of the points of his crown would be between the ears, it looked as if he paled a hare. Now, can you do these? How can you be? You be so stupid and tried to cry, he gently grumbled. Do you want to get the fox to come here? Yes, well, then keep quiet. You didn't work, slowly, carefully, attentively. Suddenly, just leaned round the hare's neck against the puff. The hare slid out of it, and he was free before he knew. He knew it. He made a step or two, then sat there in a daze. He hopped away, slowly at first, shyly, but all the time getting faster. He ran away in the wild leaps. Bermude looked at him as he went, and not a word of thanks he declared in astonishment. He still hadn't quite come back to his senses, the older said. Whatever it was that had been rounded. The head's neck lay in a circle the ground. Bambi kicked it lightly, he made a strangling noise. Bamboo was startled. That was a sort of noise that did not belong to the forest um, him, Bambi said quietly. The elder nodded. They walked out and calmly next to each other. You really need to be careful, said the elder. We are walking along a path. You should always pay attention to the twigs or the trees. Branches stretch your crown out up and down, and if you ever hear that, the way he's turn around, around, right around. It's the time of year when you're not carrying a crown on your head. You need to be doubly careful. I stopped going along the path a long time ago. Bambi was alarmed and wondered what the elder had meant. But, but, he's not, he said to himself in be bewilderment. The elder answered, no, he's not in the forest right now, but it's him said so Bambi shaking his head. The elder continued. His voice was full of bitterness. What was it that Gobo said to you? Did he not give you a lecture about how he's almighty and how he's responsible for everything? Bambi sputtered. He's not almighty then. He's no more almighty than he's responsible for all. The elder complained. Bambi was disheartened. But what about, about Gobo? He's good for Gobo. Bambi, the elder stopped where he was. Do you really think it's Bambi? He said, "Asked sadly." This is the first time the elder has addressed him by his name. I don't know," declared Bambi in anguish. "I don't. I don't understand it." The elder replied slowly. "If you are to live, we need to learn and be vigilant." What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to eleven grams of protein